Let's, um, let's turn our hearts towards uh, the scriptures and hear our first scripture reading. Would you pray with me? God, would you open us up today to hear your word? May it be a, a revealing, an unveiling of your mysterious love and great providence for us in this time of great turmoil and uh, fear. Lord, we trust that uh, we need not fear, but we place all our hopes in you. Lord, hold us. Bind us together as your people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The first scripture reading today is from uh, the book of Psalms. Psalm number 122. And you can turn to that in your Bible or uh, just read along with me. Listen along. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. As was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there were the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your good. The word of the Lord. All right, now I'm going to switch over to our Second scripture reading. Again, I feel every week I want to say we miss you, choir, and uh, our amazing musicians at St. James. Look forward to being with you all again and praising God through the sharing of your gifts. Our second scripture reading today comes from uh, the Revelation of John, uh, chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. It's at the very end of your Bible. Uh, you can Head on there. This is the last chapter of your, of your Bible. So head on there and I will read in just a moment. The section is uh, titled The River of Life. Then the angel showed me the river of, wa of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. But the throne of God and the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true, for the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. See, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. 
Amen. All right. So we've been talking these last few weeks about vital congregations. What does it mean to have vitality in our life together? We've talked about lifelong discipleship, talked about authentic evangelism, outward focused ministry, and empowering servant leaders. Now I wanna, I wanna know, do you think it seems odd that we keep working through these signs of health for our congregation in the face of us being so distant from each other? because of the powerful virus that's sweeping through our community? Shouldn't we instead be turning our focus to how God will deliver us from the plague? Perhaps texts and teachings about the Israelites being set free from slavery or returning from exile. Don't we need messages of hope that help us get through it? Yes. And... When we recognize these marks of health, we begin to see that it is our health as a congregation, our vitality and vibrancy, that allows us to journey through the difficult and make it out on the other side together. And so we persist in studying these marks because they tell us something about how we can journey forward together. We ask questions about discipleship, evangelism, mission, leadership, and worship, because we wish to hear God's good word for us in these parts of our life together. And we wish to strengthen our resolve to keep the fire burning of God's work in the world as we live out the faith. I find this morning's text so fitting for the current state of our world. Of course, through the power of God's Spirit, of course, we have found ourselves with a text from the Revelation of John, the culminating passage of John's apocalyptic vision, where all God's people have gathered to rejoice in the city of God. This is the place of resolution, of the greatest hope, and it is a place that inspires us to worship and praise God in the here and now. As, long, as well as long for what is not yet come to pass. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would open up this text for us today in ways that re reveal how important and purposeful you have uh, directed this text to be with us right now, today. We live in a time of unveiling and great change. And Lord, we need to hear your good news of hope. So Lord, open us up today. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word stands forever. Now, before we unpack the text of this uh, good news here, uh, it's, it's generally important to give a bit of context, especially when reading through the book of Revelation. Up front, I do not want us to get sucked into the easy line of thought that says we are living in the end times because our world is shifting and changing. Nor do I want us to wear rosy-colored glasses and frame everything in this passage as hopeful. 
we have to be wiser and more critical than this. The Revelation of John was written while John was in exile, away from his community and the people of faith on the Isle of Patmos. The book is filled with rich imagery, and many scholars have come to read it as a polemic and a critique against the powers of empire. In this book, we have references to Babylon, a great enemy of God's people for much of their story. But this is also a very thinly veiled reference to the powers of imperial Rome, the great, imp uh, the great oppressor of the world when this book would have been written. One really amazing and important way for us to consider how we read Revelation is this. We ask this question, how does the church persist and flourish and find a state of shalom, well-being, in the face of the empire, in the face of oppression? And not just the empire in the political sense, but empires and powers of corporate greed, which subjugate the many for the sake of the few. The powers of pandemic and the feeble response of the empires of the world to care for the sick. How does the church worship in the face of these great evils? While much of the book of Revelation can, be, can feel confusing, too saturated with imagery to make a lot of sense. When you step back and look at the whole, you will see that it is a great worshipful answer to these questions of what it means to live in the face of a world falling apart. What does it look like to practice our faith in the face of great shift? An ancient word for great shift is apocalypse. One of the meanings of the word apocalypse is simply unveiling. Apocalypse means unveiling or revealing. And we don't need to be confused by the word or its end of the world connotations. If we pay attention, we are frequently given little apocalypses to open our eyes to a new way of being and to ushering in God's reign around us. Now, haven't you heard in the last few days the recent um, words of hope that this global pandemic will be an opportunity to make a shift as the world? We've heard reports of increased air quality in, in cities, of wildlife reappearing along shorelines or in our foothills. Like the world is exhaling at this reprieve from the oppressive imperial powers of pollution and climate change. Is this not a hope of an unveiling, of a revealing of another way forward? I want to invite us into joy and worship in this season of unveiling. We're experiencing it here right now. Six weeks ago, I would have laughed aloud at the thought that we would be so swiftly up and running with live and recorded worship services over the internet for our church. I would have not believed how many of us would be gathering like this today. A good portion of our congregation is out there and more are joining in each week. It would have seemed impossible, or at least very impractical, 
But this is what apocalyptic moments do to us. They show us an opportunity to shift and reimagine our life together. Now, obviously, the new normal is not easy. I know many of you are itching with anxiety at how many more weeks we may need to spend in isolation. Especially for the social people among us, this is an incredibly difficult time. We want to be together. We want to shake hands and hug and laugh in real time, not over some tinny computer speaker. But for now, as we look at vitality, we have to at least consider this. Are we not persisting and worshiping and growing together in the face of some very difficult circumstances? And is something new rising from among us? Let's go back to our morning's text. Let's look at what is happening at the river of God, which the angel reveals to John at the closing of his apocalyptic vision. The, the river flows with life. Now remember that living water that Jesus offered to the Samaritan woman a few weeks back? which would open wide the reign of God to the Gentiles and all people, it's that water. The river flows with life out of God's throne at the center of the city of God, and life sprouts forth from the tree, which bears 12 different kinds of fruit that produce all year round, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Out of God's throne, comes the fullness of God's people, 12 tribes, the church, the fullness of God's people realized, and they produce good fruit, life-giving sustenance for all people, all the nations. All people are worshiping God here because, honestly, how could you not? And no longer is there a division between light and dark. All is illuminated by the light of God. These are trustworthy images, says the angel. Trust in this picture. And we long for all of this to be. What a beautiful picture of what can only be described as shalom. The Hebrew word for the state of peace and well-being. Perfect shalom. What we are all longing for. People who proclaim God's goodness in the face of an apocalypse do it with this shalom in mind. What else could produce such vitality, vibrancy, awakeness, aliveness, other than this shalom? Friends, worship is a picture of God's reign. The people gathered together from all the nations for healing and joyful light. The people of God gathered in worship, producing fruit and leaves for the trees, which are meant to heal all the nations. This is the end of our worship. This is why we worship God. This is what we worship unto, to proclaim the hope of this perfect picture of perfect shalom. The Spirit of God moves in us and inspires us to respond in praise together through this longing for shalom. The longing that what is being unveiled and revealed in the gathering of God's people will one day be. 
Let me leave you with a few things uh, to concentrate on today. First, the church is a people group who must always wrestle with what is already happening among us, but yet is not yet fully realized. And so we worship together in the spirit of God, in our gatherings, over the internet or in person, and we worship trusting that what we do now is the not yet fully realized version of what will be. And yet we do it anyways. Because we believe that in worshiping together, in singing and fellowshipping and forgiving and healing each other, we are pointing to what will be one day fully realized. Shalom. Second, I want you to scan through the lists of comments and people that you see in the online forums right now. God has called each of us together from the corners of our town, from our study nooks in our homes, through screens and phones to worship. Now we feel lament for what this gathering is not. It is not the personal, intimate, close connection we feel when we gather at church. It is not the sound of laughter and song that we normally experience. And in this, I want to ask you to feel the lament as a taste of the longing for that shalom. We know that what we long for deep in us is this shalom. And I ask that we experience it right now, not as a way into deeper depression and isolation, but as your heart's longing for what the fullness of God's reign on earth actually looks like. Many people gathered together, praising God and being healed. We can taste that here and now, and we long for more. Finally, I hope we see this vitality as an act of resistance, and we are engaging in that act of resistance right now. Gathering in our own way in the face of pandemic is a protest to the evils of empire, an active response to a world on the brink. We are proclaiming the hope of shalom by our gathering together. So let's keep doing it. Let's keep up with each other. Let's keep rising up against a world that would hold us back from connecting. Let's be creative and imaginative about the way this unveiling is offering us a chance to see the world with new eyes. And may we continue to long for Christ's coming among us even now. We pray together, Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, come quickly to our aid. Have mercy upon us as we long for the realization of your shalom, and yet we lament a world that is feeling so disconnected right now. Draw us deeper together, Lord. Pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.